Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. We are back with a brand new episode, and we are so thrilled to have you with us today. You know, one of my favorite things about recording this show is that we are recording a few weeks in advance. So I've learned that listening to these episodes again is probably the closest I will ever get to officially time traveling. However, one of my least favorite things about recording the show is that I've picked up on all of the little words and phrases I repeatedly use out of comfort. Truly, it's like that TikTok trend that's happening right now. If I had a dollar for every time I said the word cool in episode two with Erica Cook, I would have racks on racks on racks. That, that sounded good. I could be a singer, maybe. But really, it's exciting to have a bit of a time capsule that we get to look back on and say, hey, this is when the Carnegie Center had their 30th anniversary, or this episode came out when they broke ground on the new branch of the library. And that is, dare I say, very cool. I'm not going to get rid of the word. I can't. I'm so sorry. If you want to jump into this time capsule, there is never a better time than right now. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts, where every past episode is available at any time, and then you can join us right here on Radio Lux every Monday at 2 p.m. And after listening to the first few episodes and you think, oh, this show is the bee's knees, and I want to learn more about how to create a more generous, vibrant, engaged, and equitable community with BGCF, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at bgcfky, or visit us on our website at bgcf.org. Today's episode is super special because we have a two-parter. That's right. Today, we are joined by two very special guests. First, Mandy Otis from the Feed Backpack Program, and then we have Anne Donworth from the Lexington Public Library. And we wanted to put these two episodes in one place because so much of these conversations are around not just community, but education within our community, and they just fit so well together. And so we hope that you like this two-parter. I don't know how many of these we will get to do, but today is a very special episode. So these two women were so wonderful, and I'm so excited to have them with us today. Here is Mandy Otis and Anne Donworth.
Andy. How are you? I'm good, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for being here with us. I know that things have been kind of crazy for everybody right now, so mm -hmm. it's nice to finally catch some time to be together. Now, I feel pretty knowledgeable about what the feedback backpack program is, but maybe there are listeners who are brand new to the organization. So can you just take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us about who and what the Feed Backpack program is? Sure, absolutely. Um, Feed is a weekend food bag program um, for kids from food insecure households in Fayette County. Uh, currently, we are in about seven different schools operating at various capacities. You know, some schools only need periodic help. I think maybe two of our schools. And then others, um, you know, are much more consistent, and we have a number of bags that are delivered every week. Uh, we started this in January of 2017, just my mm. sister and I. Mm. Um, we found at the school that our kids went to that there was um, some additional need that wasn't being filled. So... Really, we just started doing that with other parents and neighbors, and that sort of snowballed into working with another nonprofit and then eventually uh, forming our own nonprofit, which became Feed. I know that on your website, it says that there are roughly 7,000 children just in Fayette County who are living in food insecure households, and you just mentioned that. Mm -hmm. but. I think that there may not be a lot of people who are familiar with what that means. So can you tell us what it means to live in a food insecure household? Sure. Um, that mostly means that for whatever reason, the food available in the household may not be consistent. Um, there may not be food accessible in that neighborhood very easily um, by foot or public transportation. Um, not necessarily that there always isn't, but that there might not be for one reason or another. For instance, with um, inflation, mm -hmm. job loss, those types of things mm -hmm. can just cause less food to be available. So the purpose of the program is to give kids sort of a bridge over the weekend until they get back to school. Um, when kids get into those situations where they need more food, what they receive at school is critical. Mm -hmm. And what do they get in these bags that you offer? I know that sometimes I feel very guilty because I'm very sad when a store doesn't have my favorite kind of salt and vinegar chips. And then I have to think back at how frustrating that is that some people don't even have, you know, the necessities. So mm -hmm. how are you supplying that for them? So it does differ a little bit by school, depending on the population. So we work with the Family Resource Coordinator, or FRC, at each school who knows their population and what they need. Um, for example, we have a couple of schools that prefer like large bags of rice and beans because they want more family-type meals that they can all cook. Um, for a larger group, for mm -hmm. instance, in their household. And then we have another school where everything that goes home is very much um, something the child can make on their own, like cans of soup, mm -hmm. um, prepackaged cereal, um, canned vegetables, canned fruit, additional snacks. So it really depends on the population because we want it to be appropriate for whatever those needs are. Sure. So the schools order mostly through God's Pantry, but they are also allowed to um, get food from other places and then request reimbursement for that. Gotcha. In regards to summer breaks and holidays, 
Do you all have some type of expansion that provides food during those long breaks or how does that work? So we do not do any summer services. Um, There are larger organizations already doing that in Mm -hmm. Lexington. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the kids go for spring break, fall break, Christmas break, they are provided with a larger bag, Mm -hmm. just more items to cover the extra time. Gotcha. Yeah. And how can we as a community here in Fayette County, how can we kind of move the needle in a bigger picture sense? So is that donations? Is that a food drive? Is that, you know, donating time? What does that look like for you all? Um, For us right now, it is really dollars to expand our budget. Um, We're probably looking at roughly a 20% increase in need um, this year as opposed to last school year. Um, and we've also kind of budgeted an additional eight or nine percent on prices, mm-hmm. you know, for inflation. So for us right now, it really is um, donations that are needed severely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we do sometimes do food drives. We um, try to coordinate those pretty closely, simply because the schools have really specific needs. Right. So we can't always um, take everything that's needed, maybe for one specific school, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, since there are particular food items that work better for their population and we want to make sure they get it. Um, Volunteers, um, that has kind of gone back and forth. You know, last year there were a lot of places, last couple of years really with COVID, where Mm -hmm. people are not allowing any extra bodies um, on their premises. Um, Fayette County Schools was that way. And I know, for instance, you know, Craig and Boom packs probably 150 bags for us Mm -hmm. and they have Um, a very set way of doing that and saying they didn't want to bring in a lot of extra people due to COVID concerns. So Mm -hmm. um, because of those two things, you know, donations really are the most helpful. However, we are, we always try to work with someone who wants to, um, you know, provide donations or provide volunteer time um, to see if there's anything that, that would fit. Mm. Now, if there are people listening who may not be necessarily connected, not only with FEED, but with their Family Resource Center within their school, and they say, I know somebody who needs this program, and I am somebody who needs this program. How can people get in touch with you? Is there an outside source that you use, or is it specifically in schools? Um, Everything is done through school. That being said, we, um, our board of directors right now is fairly small. We're five people, Mm. um, all working on a volunteer basis. We don't have any paid employees. So we do take on special cases sometimes. We have had um, a case where a mother and children needed groceries like right then. Mm -hmm. So we just provided that need, just Mm -hmm. filled it. So I would say if there is someone right now who needs something to reach out to us on Facebook, um, our email address, I think even my cell phone number, which I'm happy to provide, <laughs> is um, is out there on our website. Right. Um, I would just encourage them to reach out. If their child is in school, mm-hmm. um, I would encourage them to reach out to their family resource coordinator directly um, and request assist- assistance. I know that almost all of them at the beginning of the year send home forms mm-hmm. in Spanish and English asking if additional assistance is needed um, just on a regular basis and also over the holidays. Now, you started this in 2017 with your sister. Mm -hmm. What growth have you seen since that time? Well, I mean, we started out doing 36 bags. Mm. The church next door to our children's school was providing 36 bags, so we just doubled it, um, and we operated that way for quite a while, um, using another nonprofit as a partner so that we would qualify 
uh, to order through God's Pantry and that donors could get um, a tax deduction Mm -hmm. for um, making donations. So from there to now, we are at, at the end of last year, about 250 kids. Mm -hmm. And again, we expect that to to increase. I think we'll be at 300 or more um, going into this next school year and across, you know, seven schools instead of one. So truthfully, it's still not as big as we would like to be. Right. Um, But there's a question of, you know, finances, manpower, um, that kind of thing. But we are definitely working toward growth um, and getting more, you know, recognition in the community and hopefully more support for additional schools. Where do you see the backpack program being in the future? Let's say two years, five years, where where do you see yourself? I mean, our ultimate goal would be to serve all of Fayette County Public Schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is where we would like to go with it. But that's you know, there's a considerable amount of planning and growth that needs to happen for that to take place. You know, um, everyone is pinched right now. So right. asking for money and for donations is a challenge for everybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, we are in a good position right now. We've done a lot of fundraising. We've gotten grants. We have such a supportive community of people that have always shown up, <laughs> have mm-hmm. donated and done what we need. Um, but we're always looking ahead. You know, now that we have enough funding for this year, we're already thinking about 2023-24. So it's always on to the next thing. Okay, Mandy, every episode we like to go into BGCF Fast Facts, where I give you a question, and without thinking about it too hard, you give me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) What are you reading right now? Okay, so I just finished a book of poetry called Blood Dazzler by Patricia Smith. Um, I'm doing the poetry gauntlet at the Carnegie Center. So We love the Carnegie Center. Yeah. We love them. That is so fun. Yeah, it's been a wonderful experience, um, but that is the latest book that was assigned to us, and it is a a portrait of Hurricane Katrina and its impact on New Orleans mm. before, during, after. Um, it was very beautiful, sad, wonderful book, but that's the last thing I read. But I also tend to read, you know, I love a good, just plain old mystery novel oh, or, you know, I like true crime, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, we are almost in spooky season. <laughs> Can't <laughs> yeah, wait. I know. <laughs> what are you watching right now? Um, well, I just finished a little while ago, Binging Stranger Things 4. Of course. I do that one by yeah. myself. And my husband and I right now are watching Better Call Saul. Oh, very good. I love that Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Uh-huh. What are you listening to right now? Um, I like the Morbid podcast. I listen to them all the time. You are the first person <laughs> I've ever met that. Are you a weirdo? I'm a weirdo. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just listening to it in the car. That makes me so happy. Yes. My dream, it, and I don't know why they would ever be on this podcast, but we're going to make it happen. They're going to do something, and I'm going to get them both in here, and it's going to be great. Yep, that would be amazing. I agree. Um, <laughs> I'll invite yeah. you, and you can yes, come, and absolutely. it'll be the four of us. Yes, that's, uh, that's one of my go-tos for yes. sure. Yeah. What are you eating right now? Um, you know, I love food. Yes. Um, it would be, I would be hard-pressed to pick a favorite food. Um it all depends on where I'm eating, if that okay. makes sense, what my favorite food is. For instance, you know, if I'm having Thai food somewhere, my husband's half Korean, so, you know, I love Korean food. Mm-hmm. Big fan of tacos. I'll eat mm-hmm. about any kind of taco. Um, as far as what I eat normally, I guess I'm making a really big effort to up my protein and my electrolytes right now from a health standpoint. There so. you go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you look up to? 
I can't, you know, this is always a tough question for me. I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's a particular person as much as it is qualities in a person. Mm. Um, you know, somebody who can be so authentically themselves without worrying about what other people think. People that can be, you know, kind and compassionate and patient when it's really hard to be those things. Right. <laughs> um, people that can stand up and say, you know, no, that's not right when it's a really unpopular thing to do. Um, people that can decide what they want to do and do it without stepping on everyone around them. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would say I more admire those types of qualities than I can really say one particular person. Sure. Why do you love our community? Um, I think Lexington is a really giving place to live. I have felt that a great deal being a part of FEED. Um, you know, we've never not been able to fulfill our obligations, and I think that is because this is a really giving community. Um, I have seen that again lately with the flooding in eastern Kentucky. Yeah. So many people in Lexington coming together to help that. So I just think it is, it is full of good people um, willing to give you time and resources when you need it. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's a great pr place to live, um, raise a family. There's great schools, great neighborhoods. I mean, I just, I love it here. Why do you love yourself? <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's probably something everybody struggles with is why do you love yourself? Um, especially now in my 40s, I've, that's a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I would say one of the, the things I like about myself is that I'm dependable and I will always do what I say I'm going to do. Um, I think my friends and family would probably say the same. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's a good quality that I have. So I think I'll go with that. I love it. <laughs> Last question. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what you have going on and what you have coming up. How can people stay in touch with feed program? How can they stay in touch with you? Okay. Um, again, we have... Um, feed accounts on Facebook and on Instagram that are monitored and everyone, I, I'm usually the person that responds and I try to respond as quickly as possible. Email, phone um, that are on our website, both of those things. I think it's feedbackpackprogram at gmail.com. Um, that's a great, I monitor that and that's a great way to get a hold of us. Um, Right now, we are looking forward to actually preparing for the Good Giving Challenge. Yay! We have a marketing person that's, that's going to help us with that. Um, I have some grants in the works, and we have some other asks that we're doing in the community. Um, but that's really, as far as feed goes, that's the big focus right now is, again, fundraising and just weekly operations and making sure you know, everything goes on schedule. I think I have said personally that this should be like, you know, Santa Claus in the mail. It's never yes. late. It always comes. Yes. Um, you know, missing is not acceptable. So right. those are the things from an operations standpoint that, you know, we're looking at. Sure. Andy, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. This was fun. Yeah, of course. You'll <laughs> have to come back, especially when Ash and Elena are here. We're yes. going to make it happen. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'll talk Thanks to you weirdos. next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's finally October, and we have a spooktacular opportunity to show your do-good fall spirit. It's the Boo Good Challenge, and you can find all of the info on our Facebook and Instagram at BGCFKY. To enter the Boo Good Challenge, simply take a photo of your favorite fall do-good activity. Maybe that's carving pumpkins with neighbors or donating your time to costume drives. Maybe that's participating in a fall philanthropy event this month, or simply making your favorite soup to share on a spooky movie night. 
However you are planning to boo good, take a photo and tag us at BGCFKY using the hashtag BooGood. That's B-O-O-G-O-O-D. At the end of this month, we will enter all of our entries into a drawing for a special Boo Good basket full of some of our favorite local fall necessities. We can't wait to see how you are spending this Boo Good season. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. We have tried to get together no less than 40 times. So I'm so excited that it's finally working out for us and we get to spend some time together. Everybody's healthy. It's great. Everyone is healthy. Good news. Now, you all have had a very busy few weeks. You just had the groundbreaking at the Marksbury Family Branch of the Library, which you all have been working on for quite some time. Can you tell us a little bit about that branch and how that got started and the ideas that were wrapped into that? How did that go? So you probably don't realize quite how long that's been going on. Right. Yeah. Um, that particular branch, the village branch, which has been there since 2004, um, it started as a Spanish-speaking library and then was absorbed into the Lexington Public Library. That was always supposed to be a temporary site, mm. but we've never been able to find another site. Um, and finally, the the landlords for us allowed us to buy it. So we are just beyond excited. When we did our facilities plan a couple of years ago, it was literally 95% of our respondents said the village needed to be our first priority. Mm -hmm. So this has been a really long time coming, and we are just so excited that it's starting. Um, and that they're saying 13 months construction, which means fall of 23. Oh, that's soon. Exactly. It, when you look at the big picture, that's very soon. That's so exciting. Long time in the making and then quick happening. Yes. So it's expanding quite a bit and there's going to be more programs and bigger projects. What can we expect from this new branch? So that particular branch has always thrived in programming. Um, they've really been challenged. They've only had one community room. So this mm -hmm. will have, let's see, four community spaces, seven meeting rooms of various sizes, dedicated areas for kids, for teens, for adults, a maker space, which is like a hands-on learning area. That's very cool. Um, so just a lot of different opportunities. And when we open a new branch, we really try to look at what the community wants. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of partnerships, particularly at this branch. Um, we work with Nathaniel's Mission for social services, Maxwell Street Legal Clinic for legal and immigration help, um, God's Pantry for snack. They're just all of these incredible partnerships in this location that we'll be able to lean into mm -hmm. and do even more. My favorite thing about this particular location is you definitely get the feeling that it's not, quote unquote, just a library. It really serves more of a community center. And I think a lot of people sometimes have the misconception of what purpose a library serves. So they say, oh, well, that's where you go and you can print things out. You can get books and that's it. That's the library. But that is so far from what the library actually does. So can you talk a little bit about not just what this branch does, but really the overall big picture of the purpose that the library serves here in the Lexington community. So libraries were founded essentially on this point of free and equal information for everybody. Um, technology has changed a little bit in the <laughs> thousands of years that libraries have been around. So that stayed the same being books and magazines and newspapers forever and ever. 
but really in the last 20, 30 years, they've really transformed. So that information comes from computers. It comes from games, from programs. It comes from other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's, I'm going and I'm reading in the library, but I am experiencing my neighbors in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, It really does become a community space. Mm -hmm. Um, And as long as people are learning and enriching their lives, then we want them to be able to come to the library. And the new tagline for this particular branch is it takes a village. And I'm sure that is so true, not just getting started, but really how the library works in general. Again, it's like a community center and all of these people can come together and have this collective learning experience about who they are and where they are. And that's really beautiful. How can more people get involved with this village that it's taking to start this new branch? Sure. So people are welcome to volunteer. We've just reopened our volunteer program again. Um, Not post, but as we get through the worst of the pandemic, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, People can come come check out a book. Come visit us. That's that's a big piece. Um, If people are in a place where they can donate for it. Um, we were very fortunate that the Marksbury Family Foundation came on as our big main lead donor for this. Mm-hmm. But this really takes a village to create a village. Um, so people can donate through our website or they're welcome to reach out to me um, through our website or to call the library office. Be happy to talk to people about financially supporting it as well. Now, we kind of touched base on what the programming looks like. Can you go a little bit more in depth with that? What can people experience right now if they're going into not just this new branch, but any branch of the library here in Lexington? Sure. So we just relaunched our programming with the summer. So we had um, eight weeks of really intensive summer programming specifically for families. Mm. We do have our destination kindergarten services, which is really designed Um, to help that birth to five audience get ready for school. Um, That sometimes looks like story time, but there are different activities within the libraries. Um, We have job seeker services and a lot of workforce development things Mm -hmm. going on. So if you want somebody who's a total third party to help you with your um, resume or your job applications, there are four of our branches are now offering uh, drop-in job help classes. Um, We are just starting to have... Um, films showing in the Farish Theater again. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, We had our first Jazz Arts Foundation jazz concert a couple of weeks ago. Um, Our galleries, we have galleries at our Tates Creek East Side and Central Library. Those are always rotating and have all kinds of different things going on. For people who are historians or genealogy buffs, we have our Kentucky Room, which has all kinds of really wonderful local treasures. Be those the old maps of the city or your family histories or whatever it is that takes your fancy. Now, as if you all were not busy enough, you all have a very exciting program coming up in October. Booktacular. Uh, I was like, which event are you talking about? (laughs) Booktacular is coming back. So tell us what Booktacular is. So Booktacular is the Library Foundation's signature fundraising event. It's always been an adult Halloween party. It's been virtual for the last two years, and it is back. And not only is it back, it is back to the library with the Back to the Future theme. (laughs) So we're hosting it at Central Library. It'll be Saturday, October 29th. Um, 
Let's see. We are also doing an online silent auction, so mm -hmm. you don't have to go to be able to support this. If you're not available that night, please come online and bid and join us and help raise some money for all of these wonderful programs. Now, I am the person who dresses up and really goes all out Bring for it. Halloween. So before I come in looking like Doc Brown, that is acceptable. I can wear a costume. Correct? Absolutely. We actually ordered a Doc Brown um, wig that arrived yesterday. Oh, that's fantastic. And we're, um, our development manager and chief of staff were walking around <laughs> wearing a Doc Martin or Doc Brown <laughs> wig. They can put some Doc Martins on. It would sure. be great. <laughs> Get all of my terminology yeah. mixed up. Now, I know that last year, even in the virtual event, you all raised something of $50,000. We did. We actually raised more money last year than we ever have before through this event, and no one came in person. So That is so huge. What does that funding go toward? Is there specific projects that you all put that money toward, or is it the library as a whole? So every year we specify one specific project. So last year we had just... Uh, hired a workforce development manager and a director of education. So last year's proceeds really went to seed their programming so that when they came on board and got fully acclimated mm -hmm. that they could actually start, hit the ground running, um, which they, of course, have done. So it's been really fun to see that all coming together. This year it's going to be going towards programming as well, but that will be more system-wide programs. It's a little bit different this year also knowing that we are in a capital campaign. <laughs> so trying to make sure that we still have the programs supported uh, while also raising money for the new Marksbury branch. It's, it's a delicate balance. Oh, I'm sure. Now, do people need tickets? They do. The tickets will go on sale September the 15th, and it's book tacular.org is the best way to do it. There'll also be a link from the library's website, which is lexpublib.org. Fantastic. Tell us when and where the event is taking place one more time. Sure. It'll be at Central Library on Saturday, October 29th, and it's from 7 to 11. Um, we have a really wonderful band lined up. It's Witness Protection, which is a whole bunch of local lawyers who also happen to be super talented musicians. That is so exciting. Um, the lead singer is a judge named Melissa Moore Murphy, and she is amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, they all are just multi-talented, wonderful people. So they will be performing. We'll have uh, tours of the library. We have our new STEAM lab that just opened a couple of months ago that people will be able to come see that, the Kentucky Room, different things that we offer, um, and a lot of little surprises mixed in. I love the mystery. It is spooky season. Bluegrass Community Foundation is where people go to give to enhance the quality of life in Central and Appalachia, Kentucky. We connect charitable individuals, families, businesses, communities, and nonprofit organizations with causes they care about to meet community needs and make a difference. Our mission is to create more generous, vibrant, engaged, and equitable communities throughout Central and Appalachia, Kentucky, and we would love to invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information on Bluegrass Community Foundation, visit us at bgcf.org. That's bgcf.org. So we are going to go into our BGCF Fast Facts, where I give you a question and without thinking too much into it, you're going to give me the first thing that pops up. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know. Okay. This is exciting. What are you reading right now? I am reading something very silly and mindless. Mm. It is a mystery, historical mystery. It's Maggie Hope is the 
Susan Ella McNeil is the author, and I can't remember which one. It's a whole series, but historical fiction. Listen, I love... Okay, we are recording right now in August. This episode probably won't come out until we're really into spooky season, but you are the fourth person that I've talked to that is already into the mystery, let's get spooky, let's get fall vibes, and I really appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm not... Um, I have a... a Someone whom I really, really, really respect works at the Chambers on our board. Mm -hmm. Um, And she told me years ago that she reads a lot of intellectual things for work when it comes to personal pleasure reading. She doesn't watch reality TV. She reads nonsense fiction. I love it. (laughs) I'm okay with that. However you get your fix, you get it. That's great. What are you watching right now? I actually am trying not to watch a whole lot of TV. Sure. So um, just finished. I did watch The Lincoln Lawyer, finished that yeah, last week, which really was good. good. But yeah. Mm. What are you listening to right now? Whatever my kid tells me to put on Okay. Right now. Are we talking Encanto? No, my kid is 13, so it's okay. like Billie Eilish. <laughs> okay, so we're past Bruno. Yes. Totally into Billie. <laughs> I get yes. it. What are you eating right now? Um trying to eat more healthfully. So I uh, went to the farmer's market last week, got mm. a whole bunch of really yummy tomatoes, which I say funny. I know. I love that, though. Tomatoes. My mom's from Virginia, and so we have a little few different pronunciations. Oh, but, I like it so much. Um, so a lot of t- a lot of great tomatoes, salmon, um, just trying to eat more healthfully. Trying to make these bodies move. Exactly. What are you most scared of? What am I most scared of? Um... Honestly, the thing I'm most scared of is failing my daughters in one way or another. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like, which makes it scary. What are you most proud of? Dual Edge, my daughters. Mm -hmm. How old are they? 13? 13 and and 9. That's exciting. (laughs) Who do you look up to? A lot of people. Um, My mom is certainly one of them. Um, My colleagues people who have made a difference in in their lives and their communities. What are you most looking forward to? Opening the Marksbury branch. Yes. Why do you love our community? Oh, I could go on for like two days on this one. We love it. Um, I love our community because there's a little bit of everything. There's always this desire to do better and be better. Um, I love that Lexington's willing to try things that are a little bit out of the box. And I love that blend of the urban core and the surrounding areas, and that's agricultural areas. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like driving out Old Frankfurt Pike or Paris Pike, flying into the Bluegrass Airport and just mm-hmm. seeing all of that majesty. Yeah. Are you originally from Lexington? I am, mm-hmm. yes. The best. Why do you love yourself? Ooh, I work on that every day, mm-hmm. but I I do think that my passion for our community is, is helpful, but I'm I'm not very kind to myself. <laughs> I think that everybody is in that weird limbo all the time, where yeah. some days you like yourself better than you did yesterday, <laughs> and then tomorrow you might be down in the dumps again. I don't know. Who yes, knows? it's an adventure. Last question. Tell us where we can learn more about what's going on at the library. Tell us how we can stay in touch with you, what you have going on, Booktacular. How do we find you? Uh, the best place is the library's website, which is lexpublib.org, or on social media. We have both. Um, let's see. The library has Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, 
They are connected. All the things. Um, The Library Foundation only has a Facebook page, and it's a relatively small one. Uh, But really, the library's social media is where you'll see the majority of things posted. Fantastic. And thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with me. Of course. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. (laughs) I was so... Because the first time we rescheduled, I was like, oh my gosh, like, she's so busy. It's never going to happen. No, it's... It's one of those weird things. I've had some people that you can get together with the first time. I literally have someone I've been trying to get together with for probably two months. And it has been probably ten times that we've had to reschedule. I feel like that's just the season. Like, everybody is just running around hoping for the best. Well, I keep saying whenever anybody asks how your summer was. and It's like, <laughs> I have been super busy. But I don't, I even remember. don't think I've done anything. Yeah. I feel like my calendar has been full. Of nothing. Of nothing. I don't know. I don't know. And yet I feel like I've been slammed the whole time. Stress. <laughs> okay. Come back. We are going to be at Booktacular. It's going to be the best. And I will talk to you next time. Great. Thanks. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex. Or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us on our website at BGCF.org to stay updated on all the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LPFM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.